I saw Finn at a local boutique for like a hundred bucks. And I was like, this is it. I have to, I have to at least try. So I bought the fin. I made a money bucket that said I quit my day job and became a mermaid. And I. Welcome to Mermaid's Medicine Cabinet the podcast where we open up the medicine cabinet and discover ways to optimize our mind, body, and soul. Plus adding some salt water in there. Diving deep into functional and integrative medicine topics and all things health and wellness. I'm Megan Perry, a board-certified physician assistant, and I'm so happy that you're here. Let's see what's in the cabinet today. Hey guys, welcome to Mermaid's Medicine Cabinet. Today we have a real life mermaid, a professional mermaid, Jenna Nicole, on the podcast today. Super excited to literally dive deep into our conversations today. (laughs) Hey Jenna, thanks so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to get into this conversation and to talk more about mermaid life. Yes, me too. (laughs) All my dreams coming true. (laughs) So first off, first question always on this podcast we start off with what is your favorite beach Ooh, (laughs) (laughs) my favorite beach is this small little secluded beach um on oahu over by diamond head it's called leahi beach and um it's right at the base of diamond head but you kind of go down this path and there are these steps and I call them my steps of solitude. And they're these steps are the only way you can get to this small little strip of sand. Because if I'm going to go to the beach, I don't want anyone to be around. I don't know why. It's like my personal, you know, my me time. Um, and yeah, that's Leahi Beach, those little steps. That's actually where the, I guess, the concept of my book was born. So that place is very, very special to me. Oh, I love it. I'm a big like deserted beach me time kind of person too. Like the emptier the beach, the better. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Exactly. So usually Waikiki is not like the scene, but what's your favorite beach? Uh, I'm going to have, I think Keiki on the North shore. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, then, but walking past Turtle Bay, there's another Keiki that's super tiny and there's always like little babies like playing in the in the um like the shallow water. It's like a little Kobe thing. Oh, that is um, like a beautiful it's, it's one of my favorite sights to see. If there are gonna be people on the beach, I want them to be like little babies just like playing in the water and having because yeah. especially in Hawaii, it's like they're raised to love the water and to respect the land in that way. So it's beautiful to see them at like a young age doing it. Yes, I love it so much. So you brought up your book. So you wrote a book. Can you tell us a little bit more yes. about you and your, yourself? I am a certified wellness and life coach and professional mermaid entertainer. So I entertain around um, Southern California at different events and parties and uh, teach swim schools to kids at the uh, hotels out here. And it's a wild, crazy industry that I didn't even know existed. Like I thought I just made it up and then coming (laughs) out here to California and seeing that they're like there's a whole community of professional mermaids. It's crazy to know that this is like my path and my calling. It kind of just kind of happened. You know, I didn't have to chase it. It didn't have to, uh, the opportunities just have been coming to me and it's, 
wild. I don't, I always say people feel like they were, uh, that they were a mermaid in a past life, but I, for some reason I was chosen to be a mermaid in this life and I'm just going with it. I love that so much. So how did you get started into being a mermaid? It started as street performing. So I was living in Hawaii at the time. And I remember the gym that I worked out at overlooked um, Kalakaua, which is like the busiest street in Waikiki. And there were so many street performers out and about doing their thing, showing their, you know, entertaining and uh, getting the crowd all hyped up. And I was like, you know what these streets are missing? A mermaid, especially in Hawaii. So that same day that the idea came to me, I saw Finn at a local boutique for like a hundred bucks. And I was like, this is it. I have to, I have to at least try. So I bought the Finn. I made a money bucket that said I quit my day job and became a mermaid. And I just stood out there and, or yeah, stood out there and with a smile and people started taking pictures with me and giving me money. And I'm like, Whoa, okay, this is a thing. Um, and it was really nice just to see everyone else like traveling from all over the world light up with joy because they came to Hawaii and saw mermaid. So that's kind of how it started. And then when I moved back to California, I got in contact with my mermaid manager. Um, and she's the one who gets me all the bookings and events. And yeah, I've been on TV. I've been, um, I have goals to be more of a mermaid model, end up in magazines. I want to maybe get in a movie. I don't know. Kind of sad. I didn't get my casting call for the little mermaid, but whatever. Disney. The little mermaid. <laughs> Wait, did you, did you try out for that? The little mermaid. Could you imagine? That would have been you so <laughs> Next time. I don't know if we'll ever make it to that level, but I think where the direction I'm headed with this mermaid thing, it's crazy to me um, that it started big, just- baby. I mean, I know. And now I'm in like mansion parties and there are some times where I'm like, whoa, pinch me. How did I end up here? But it's fun. That's crazy. Oh my gosh. Like when the first time you told me all this, I'm like, wow. Talk about living like in alignment and speak. Yeah. Like, and I know your book is a lot about that living in alignment. Um, where do you think, like, how do we s- start getting into that? If you, do you have any tips or tricks how we could think about kind of more follow our passions and living in alignment? Yes. Um, I feel like the first thing, because I mean, even putting myself out there as street performing, like that was vulnerability at its finest. So Mm -hmm. you kind of have to have no shame in what you're going for and really not like care, um, Mm -hmm. what other people think. Mm -hmm. And you have to have an open heart Mm-hmm. You have to let go of expectations of how you think it's supposed to be. Because I think I mentioned to you when I moved back to California, I thought I was going to be pursue a career in TV hosting and get an agent through, you know, a talent agency. And instead it worked out of me. I was ready to let the mermaid life, but like leave it behind and let it go. And it followed me out here. And yeah, the opportunities that were coming to me, it's like appreciating the opportunities that are coming to you too and accepting every opportunity, I think. Um, so that way you have a better idea of what you like and what you don't like. Mm-hmm. You have to at least try it, you know? Yes. So I feel like those are some of my, those are some of my tips and tricks in living in alignment, being present, mm-hmm. being present and noticing what's, what's happening around you and being aware of the opportunities that are being presented to you. That's a really hard thing to do though. Yeah. <laughs> Even with alignment, I'm like, I, I like to think that I'm, uh, 
not necessarily an expert in it, but it's something that I still work towards consciously work towards, um, experiencing every day. Mm -hmm. I love that. Cause it can be very difficult to like put like any form of like embarrassment aside fear, um, what people are going to think of me and just like <laughs> lay it out yourself. What's on the inside, put it on the outside and just being yeah, open. I love that. Yeah. I love that. What's on the inside, put it on the outside. Yeah. Because a lot of people keep their passions to themselves because they're afraid they won't succeed or they don't know what to actually do with it or how to express themselves through mm -hmm. their passions. Um, but the more you share, I actually had an interaction that I will never forget. Um, and it was before I even started writing my book. And, um, when I was waitressing in Hawaii, one of my tables, uh, asked me what I was doing out there. Cause people are so fascinated, but mm -hmm. like what brought you out to Hawaii, you know? Yeah. So they asked me and I told them like, I want to write a, a book and they started sharing all these, like giving me all the support in the world and like really making, making me feel like I have to do this in my life. Mm -hmm. And they wrote on my check dream out loud. <gasps> and that wow. stuck with me because it's like, you have to share your dreams because you don't know who mm -hmm. you might meet that can help make them come true too, mm -hmm. you know? So whatever passion it is, don't keep it. You're not doing yourself or anyone else service by keeping it bottled up inside. Like you were brought into this world to express express yourself and like live passionately so open your heart and just like let it yeah let it shine yeah share that with other people I love that and it holds you more accountable putting it out there like okay I said the freaking thing like now yes, I have to now take I have action to do it. on it <laughs> <laughs> I know I shouldn't care about looking stupid but I don't want to look like a dumbass if I'm not following through with my word you know exactly yeah that's yeah. absolutely true <laughs> So your book is very well written. So does your, what is your writing skills come from? Do you, is it from you. like journaling or, cause I like, when, that's one of the first things I noticed about your book was like the way you put like these beautiful thoughts and the ocean and mermaid lingo and everything just like spoke to my soul, but the way it's written in itself is like very beautiful. Where does Thank that come you. from? That means a lot. Um, Okay. Going back to passions and like things like living in alignment. It's so crazy to think. I talk about this with my mom all the time because my mom's obviously like my number one fan supporter. Um, but always. growing up, she always told me you're a great writer. And I thought to myself like, Oh, well, you're my mom. You have to say that. And in elementary school, I was always chosen to like read the essays in front of the school, like at our assemblies and stuff like looking back at it. And I've always had this passion for like writing stories. Um, so I think it's always been in me. And then I kept like way back in the Zanga. I don't know if you remember Zanga, but like there's like that online journal. So like oh, I, used to, <laughs> I used to, I used to like an online journal. I don't want to age myself, but, <laughs> but there was something called Zanga. And I used to just I've always been a blogger, like for as long as I can remember, I've always been a blogger. So I think that's something that helped me since I was passionate about writing. It helped me uh, get better and practice my craft. And I think it takes um, it takes practice. It took me years to like really find my writing voice. And um, I know we're supposed to be talking about my book, but the book, You're a Badass. Have you ever mm -hmm. read that book? Yes. I like he that one a lot. He was the one yeah. who was like, who 
inspired me to really let my voice shine through. Cause the way it was written, the, um, it was like, you're just having a conversation with your best friend. Mm-hmm. So that book definitely opened up my eyes to like a writing voice. And then I just kind of through journaling, through blogging, um, through showing up and like consistently writing articles, I found that voice. So it actually, it means so much to me that you, that you say that it was very well written because it's something that of talent that sometimes often forget that I have, you know? Oh, I'm so glad that you brought it into fruition for everyone else to read. Like I, I think every female in their twenties and thirties could benefit from reading that for sure. Yeah. I think everyone needs to get their hands on it for sure. Like I, like I said earlier, I, um, got the Kindle version because I couldn't wait. And I, looking back on it, there's so it's almost all highlighted like because you can add your own highlights <laughs> on there that. so and then I, I saved that. like little images of some of my favorite quotes I actually would love to dive into just a couple of them and just so you can like we can dive deep into them because they're just so powerful let's hear I haven't it's crazy too like I've read it a couple times um but I haven't read it in in a while so yeah, this is all going to be like exciting for me to hear too. Oh, that uh, yeah, be like <laughs> wow, that was freaking magical what I wrote. Yeah, Damn. I'm like, "Well, I did that." Okay. <laughs> like dust Damn. my shoulders off. But Damn, I'm it's, good. It's like- <laughs> hard to like, yeah, it, I'm going to toot my own horn. No, it is hard though to I don't know, being a I'm a little bit of a perfectionist, especially with writing, going back mm-hmm. and knowing that you can mm-hmm. say things differently and word it differently. Um, so that's why I have a hard time like going back and reading it because it's done. Like I can't make any more changes. So yes. sometimes, yeah, I'm like, let's just let it be. See, and that I think that's a powerful thing too that you just said because I'm a perfectionist too. And like that I think can hold a perfectionist back from like putting things out there so easily because we just want to correct, correct. It's not good enough. It's not good enough. Like, let me fix this, let me fix that. And then yeah. you look back on it like a couple of years later since you've last read it and you're like wow I can't believe yeah you know I ever had any doubt it's perfect just the way it was okay so this kind of ties into your whole mermaid journey um this quote says taking the unconventional road requires a lot of persistence some serious sacrifice endless rejection and a whole lot of hustle yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I think it's so hard to go on the road that other people aren't around you aren't doing, especially like with our yeah. culture and like everything, the way the society like can, wants us to go on a certain path and what other people are doing around us. And you don't want to look like a weirdo, like doing something else that like the people around you aren't doing. So um, I think that's a good reminder that it's worth it in the end and it's not going to be mm-hmm. easy. Just keep going through. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Cause I'm, you know, especially like the sacrifice and the rejection, those are the times that you want to give up and you want to, you ask yourself and you start doubting yourself and questioning, like, what am I even doing? And then it's important to like, yeah, take that step back and remind yourself of the bigger picture and just trusting and having the faith that you're going to get there. You're going to end up where you're supposed to be. And I guess it's like, goes along the lines of like falling in love with the journey when you recognize that it's going to take the sacrifices and and you know the hustle and the hard work um that's part of the fun and you can enjoy you can enjoy the journey a little bit more that makes it more worthwhile rejection sucks rejection sucks but 
every time you, when you finally get there, you're like, okay, this is why that had to happen. So then it just reminds you of it, you know? Yes. If everything just was handed to you in a silver platter, would it be as meaningful? Probably not. Like if no. So yeah. And actually one of my girlfriends, cause there were times where I was like going through it. I've, I feel like we often, a lot of us always feel we have those uh, stages in our life where we feel lost and we don't really know what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was in one of those points in my life after like getting rejected again and not really having the direction that I needed or what was looking for. And she was like, Jenna, you, if you want to be an inspiration, no one is inspired by someone who has this picture perfect life. Like people are inspired by the struggle. So mm-hmm. if, if you are like, and you are an inspiration to a lot of people, so it's going to be, you're, it's like a Cinderella story, right? So mm-hmm. So that always puts it in a perspective for me. So like every time, you know, I got rejected or every time I was told no, or people just, you know, doubted me or questioned me, it reminded me of like, I'm going to get there and it's going to inspire so many people to do the same. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm here to do, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that rejection makes you more resilient too. So like anything that comes your way, it just builds that up because it challenges you to like think a little bit more differently and like overcome obstacles. And, um, in the end you just get stronger and grow from it. So even though it sucks when you're in it, just know that there's, there's a reason why it's happening. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it is to build that strength for like what's to come. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. This one. Um, I also like this quote, it's, it is easy to be passive and let others speak up on your behalf. But if you don't learn how to use your voice, then you will never learn the power that lies within you. And that kind of mm. dies into Ariel a little bit. And using <laughs> your voice. Uh, I'm super guilty of that one. I'm sure there's a lot of other people out there too. Um, just like being shy and like the easier thing to do is let other people decide and like kind of just hide in the corner. But now we're here. So yeah. <laughs> And I know now also. you're looking at how you're using your voice now, you know, and, um, and me through my writing and it, it is important to, to really speak up because that's how you become, that's how you're, you're your own unique self, you know, by mm-hmm. using your voice, our voice is very powerful. And there are times where like, even myself, it's, I find myself being passive, mm-hmm. then I turn into being passive aggressive. You know, so if if you don't speak mm. up, you hold it in, and then you then you kind of explode. So it's important to like even use your voice. There's so many different ways to use your voice too. I do it through journaling. I like really tune into what my heart is saying mm-hmm. through journaling. Um, it doesn't necessarily always have to be like speaking up for yourself either. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, it can't go wrong there. Even just like making like if something's bothering you, if you feel like a little off edge, just journaling and going kind of figure out what your heart is telling you and then make a decision from there. And if you go, if it's heart led, I think that's like my personal philosophy that like, you can't go wrong if you're listening to your heart, because no matter what, like it's, it's it's implemented there for a reason. And if you follow it, if it doesn't go like completely as planned or positive, you're going to learn something from it anyways, but your heart led you there for a reason. And you're just yeah. going to grow, grow from it anyways. Yeah. And it's important in order to do that, you have to take the time to 
really listen and the space. And I think that that's another thing I mentioned in the book is like really distancing yourself from all distractions and, you know, going solo for a little bit to really tune into what it is that your heart wants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You did mention a lot about self-reflection in the book. Mm-hmm. I'm a big believer in that too. Um, cause it gives you quiet, allow time to really get down to the nitty gritty and what's going on, on the inside. Mm-hmm. Why do you think self-reflection is important? I think, I mean, it's a really good way to understand yourself and get to know yourself. And, and like I said, connect with what you, your heart's true desires are and what your heart is telling you to do and like to process how it is that you're feeling. Um, it just makes you, cause when you have a strong sense of self, I do feel like you can accomplish anything that you put your mind to, but you have to like truly Mm -hmm. take that time to like take a step back and, you know, assess assess all those things mm-hmm. and believe in yourself. I think it's important to like, when you take the time to reflect, I think you can also take that time to like really believe in yourself too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I want to backtrack to what you said about um, if you don't use your voice and you hold it in, it comes out as being passive aggressive. That's just like mm-hmm. building up like that buildup of of negative energy and resentment and then you just blow up at the end uh, I do that a lot yeah. too <laughs> like and then you get frustrated partner yeah, yeah. <laughs> you take it on someone else and then you get frustrated because you know you could have handled that situation better had you have just spoken up from the beginning you right. know mm-hmm. so that is that is very important to just let it out mm-hmm. love that okay <laughs> so this one I really yeah, like too is to see your face light up every time you find a quote, I'm like, oh, what is she going to read? Yes. What is she going to read to me? Okay, let's hear it. <laughs> this one's short and sweet, um, but I just really stuck with it because I think I feel like maybe this is what other people might perceive me as, but I know it's just passion. So it's just <laughs> the quote is that you said, but what some call crazy, I call passion. Yes. Short my running. That was my running. Um, the whole, yeah. Cause in the, in the book, I mentioned that I ran my first marathon without any training and I just went for it. And everyone thought that I was completely nuts and insane for doing something like that, which I mean, looking back on it, it is kind of crazy. Like I bought the number the day before the race, but I knew how much I loved running. And I knew because of that self-reflection, because running is another way that I take that time to like reflect on what I'm on, what I'm going through. It's just like my me time. Um, and I know how passionate I am about it and how much I love to do it. So there was no doubt in my mind that I was capable of crossing that finish line, but yeah, everyone else thought that I was nuts for doing it. But, and now I'm at this point in my life too, that was 10 years ago to this day, not, not to the day, but like almost Mm -hmm. to, to the day. Um, but that was 10 years ago. And I just ran another race recently and I'm so proud of myself that I'm still doing it like 10 years. And I would have never known had I believed that, but listened to what everyone else said and didn't run the race because I didn't think that I was ready for it. Or I didn't think I trained enough. I probably would have never done it. And the last 10 years would have been completely different for me because I listened to what everyone else, you know, believed. Mm -hmm. So 
that's another reason why it's important to like have that strong sense of self and be confident in your passions and what you have to offer because, and like just pursue them without any regrets or any worries because your whole life could be something else, you know? It's, mm-hmm. I mean, it's crazy to think about actually like looking back on the last 10 years and, and knowing that running is still a, such a big part of who I am mm-hmm. and that I'm still doing it. I'm like that younger Jenna would be so proud. Yeah. <laughs> so proud. I love that. And I think that's important. We have to make our younger selves proud. What would you say to your younger self in that case, knowing like all the, but you do now and all the rejection and all the good and bads and the journey that you had. Ooh, where you are. Cry. Uh, keep going. Like I've, yeah, just keep going. I'm not getting all teary, like tearing up over here, but, but it has been a very long journey from then to now. And, and I have lost like sight and focus Mm -hmm. along the way, because again, Mm -hmm. when I don't, when there are those seasons where I felt lost, um, but I would always come back to writing and more specifically writing the book. Um, and running was another thing that I would always come back to that, like made me feel like myself again. And it, then the more I started doing that, then the alignment happens and the opportunities start coming in and then you get the direction again. So yeah, I would just tell my younger self, keep going, no matter how lost and confused you feel, you're going to, you're going to get there. Mm -hmm. You need to mention that in the book too, about doing things you love, keep doing the things that you love and you mm-hmm. will feel more aligned and mm-hmm. and it just adds you know it makes life so much better when you are living from like from your heart in that passionate way mm-hmm. rather than just going through the motions and like yes. getting through the day yeah like super guilty about like working in the hospital too it's just like just get through the shift just get through it it's like who wants to live a life like that and then it takes yeah. away the heart from what you're doing and, you know, caring for these you know, people's lives and. Yeah. But it's hard to like remind ourselves of that, which I do talk about in the book, like every day we have to live every day. Like it's a celebration, you know, and it should be because it's not always promised. So we should wake up in the morning, mm-hmm. like, you know, excited to have the chance at another day regardless of what happened in the past and regardless about what's going to happen in the future. Like we should just wake up excited for Mm -hmm. the day that's ahead of us and like really bring the passion and the joy and all the things into each moment. And then by the end of the day, chances are, it'll be a good one, you know? And then those days add up and it just makes for a great, a great life. Yeah. I love that. Gratitude, practicing gratitude, right? (laughs) That's what they say. Yes. Okay. This quote was super powerful. I feel like I'm going to put this as the background on my phone. (laughs) Oh, I love that. Let's hear it, sis. (laughs) This one says, taking up space gives you the power to walk into a room and make heads turn with just your presence. It is about having your words be heard and your energy felt while allowing the confidence within you to shine. Oh, I want to put that as my background too. Oh my God. <laughs> you said it. <laughs> I know. That's, I love it. I love it. And it's like a beautiful reminder too. Like, um, we should, we should walk into every room and like really exude energy, you know, exude the, 
not just the confidence, but love. And like, and it's all about, you know, being mindful as you walk into a room of like, what energy do I want to bring? Mm -hmm. Um, but it is so easy for us. And I find myself often doing it too, where I'm like, okay, I just want to put my sunglasses on. I want to put my headphones in and I want to walk down the street and have no one look at me. Like I just, I get those points where I don't want to be seen. But again, you're not doing anyone a service. Like we are, especially when you have the beautiful energy, that mermaid energy, it should, it's there to exude and to light up the lives of others. So that's what we got to do with every room that we walk into. Um, And it's, yeah, I mean, I feel it. There are times, like I said, there are times where I don't want to be seen, but that is a beautiful reminder of like, I, there's so much beauty within me and I want to share it with the people around me and I'm going to start taking up more space and not apologizing for it. I think that like every female needs to hear that. I don't know. I, maybe I was just like extra shy. Like, I wish I could tell my younger self that, that quote, (laughs) because I would just hide myself. Like I'd try to be successful and like participate in a lot of different activities, play sports and clubs and stuff like that. But I always found myself like any, any event or social gathering, I would try to hide myself in the corner and use humor as like way to relieve that. If that makes yeah. sense. Like stupid humor. Yeah. I know that makes total sense. <laughs> it's either a hit or a miss, depending on yeah. who, you're, who you're with. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, it is, it's hard to step, like to get out of your shell. It is very hard because again, it's like the, but it comes from that, uh, what will others think? And, Mm. and that's a big ego thing too, because it's like, who cares what everyone else thinks? All that matters is like that you're happy and you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. So yeah, I don't think that we should, we should hide in the shadows anymore. It's time for us to shine and to walk into every room. Like we own the place because we're mermaids and we do. Everyone wants to see us. Everyone loves seeing us. We make a lot of people happy. Oh, what girl doesn't want to be a mermaid? <laughs> no. <laughs> the dream. I know. Oof. This one, this one's a, uh, a little bit of a dark one. I don't know. Okay. Not really dark, but <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> Setting boundaries is crucial for your own personal development. And the more you honor them, the more aware you will become of your own individual needs. Mm, I think boundaries. as women, we can be people pleasers. Some, yeah. A lot of us, a lot of the time. So I think like, I know I have a lot of big issue with setting boundaries. So this one's definitely going in the saved phone files. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. No, boundaries are so hard. And to like, I think we all lay down boundaries, but to actually stay true to the boundaries that we set, um, it's very hard. And I think it's important to, I think it's important to have them though, because that's how you show also show people like, Hey, this, this is what I'm going to put up with. And this is what I'm not going to put up with. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, going back to like your individual needs, it's like, you need to, you need to take that distance and that space in order to like figure out what it is that you, that you need to work on and heal from, uh, from the boundary that you're setting from, from with anything. It could be with a person, it could be with, um, you know, a habit or things like that. Like it could be anything. It's not necessarily just one. Mm-hmm. So true. 
It's literally in every aspect of life, work, friends, family, yeah. everything. Yeah. I know boundaries with work. I feel like a lot of people have a hard time now too, especially this day and age where we're always like plugged in. Um, mm-hmm. I noticed myself at like always being available for work, but it's like, you need to set that again. That needs to be a boundary set. Like, okay, I'm clocking out at five o'clock. I'm not going to take work home with me. And I'm going to take this time to like fully be present with my family, with my loved ones, um, with myself. And, and yeah, work is a big one. I think a lot of people struggle with. Yeah. Cause I feel like they almost have that leverage a little bit. Cause like they're paying you, this is your livelihood. This is like how you pay the bills. This is how you survive. So like yeah. you, I don't know, you feel like you give them your soul all the time, yeah. which is not why I didn't want to fall into the corporate trap. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So this one ties in a little bit to uh, putting yourself out there. So the quote is, I would have been more upset with myself if I never tried because I would have never known the true strength that lies within me. And like in the book, you tie in a lot of different experiences of like you really being ballsy and putting yourself out there. Mm-hmm. And like, no matter what happens, probably the bigger regret would have been if you didn't and been yeah. hung, being hung, hung up on that rather than at least trying. Yeah. And that's something that, that. Um, that's something that I talk about. Like that quote has always stayed with me because my friend that was the whole reason I ran the marathon because my friend, um, I did have one person who believed in me and he was like, all he told me was you're going to be more upset with yourself if you don't try. And that I just knew in that moment, like he is so right. I'm going to have the FOMO at the finish line and be like, why didn't I do that? I knew I was capable of doing it. Why didn't I at least try? And I think a lot of people have that fear of failure. So they're afraid to try new things. They're afraid to put themselves out there in that way. Um, Mm -hmm. which is, it it's okay. I think people need to remind themselves that it's okay to fail and you're not necessarily failing. I, I feel like you're failing if you don't try. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important to remember too. Um, but yeah, trying and then trying again and again, and that's the only way you're going to get better. That's the only mm-hmm. way you're going to get better at putting yourself out there. So true. I gotta admit something. My, um, first, one of my first races, I did kind of on the whim and I, we got in last place, (laughs) me me and like my sister, my cousin and my two cousins. Yeah. I didn't realize the length of, we found out as we were running, um, like this little kid screamed only three more miles to go. We're like, what? This is a 5k. It should be almost over. And then we find out later. It's not, it's like whatever the next level up is, but yeah, we got in last place. Yeah. Oh okay. my gosh. Oh my gosh. But see, that's a, okay. This is another reason why I love running and I do marathons is because it doesn't even matter what place you're in. What matters is finishing. And it wasn't mm-hmm. until this last marathon that I ran that I was like, Whoa, running is such an honor system because I ran the race, the way the path was, I ran right by my house and I could have easily been like, you know what? I'm oh. done you know, or like you can cut cones and you can shorten up the race. Um, so it's a total honor system. So the fact that you like are disciplined enough to follow through to the end and finish. Yeah. Running isn't, yeah. I just, I don't think it's about what place you come in. Mm -hmm. The fact that you finished was like, you didn't fail, you know, imagine how crappy you would have felt if you just like, eh, I'm just going to go home. 
you know, <laughs> midway, then you're like, Oh, see. And that's where it's like, that's where that saying comes back. You're going to be more upset with yourself. If you don't try, actually, I'm going to be more upset with myself if I give up, if I try and then I stop. Um, yeah. so I think it's just a putting yourself out there and trying, trying new things. Just do the thing, no matter what happens, no matter what place you get in, <laughs> no matter what happens. <laughs> That's how, okay. So I was on wipeout. I was on wipeout. Uh, I was a mermaid on wipeout a couple That's seasons so ago. Cool. <laughs> it was fun uh, until it wasn't. And those walls come out fast and they hurt. But my partner and I, we got last place and it was so funny because we were the mermaid. So everyone was hyping us up the whole, like the uh, producers and stuff. They were like, the mermaids are coming through. We were like the stars <laughs> of the <laughs> filming that day. And then we got last place. It was definitely a walk of shame coming back from like that finish line um, back to the green room. But <laughs> I'm, I'm happy that I tried because now I have that really cool experience. Would I do it again? Absolutely not. No. Oh my gosh. I actually, when you say that, I actually applied to wipe out too. Really? Oh my yeah. gosh. We are aligned. We're soul yeah. sisters. I know. How funny. Yeah. So, it's, it's a crazy experience. It's very painful. And you sign, you sign your life away. And I thought that I was being dramatic when I finished and I told my partner, I'm like, I don't want to do that again. I hope we got, I was praying that we got last so we didn't have to go to the next round. Um, and the next, I was sore. I almost, I feel like my neck, it didn't snap, but the wall came out and it hit me in the face. And then I just heard as I was back flipping into the water, I just heard and my whole neck cracked. And that, in that moment, I was like, I could get really hurt doing this. Um, yeah, yeah, but I, but I finish <laughs> <laughs> barely makes barely. a good story. <laughs> I finish. I know. I think you can. Um, I think you see my hit. You can like look it up on YouTube or something. Like wipe out mermaids, um, and then you can see our whole like what I was talking about when the producers are like mermaids coming through, like our whole little bit. Um, but yeah, it's it's a cool experience that now I have because I tried. That's all that matters. Yeah, that's all that matters. I almost broke my neck, but hey. <laughs> Perseverance. <laughs> okay. So when we first connected, there's something that you said that really resonated with me that I wanted to bring up. You said mindful breathing allows you to follow your intuition. Mm. I don't know if you remember that when we spoke on the mm. phone. What does that mean to you? Um, I definitely use my breath as like a, I guess my guiding force in life. If I, if my breath is, I try and listen to it and tune into it. Um, and if my breath is shallow and kind of like coming from my chest, um, it's usually, I'm not, I'm not living in that flow. I'm not living in that alignment. I'm not really where I'm supposed to be, but if I can take a nice deep breath from the belly all the way through, I'm, I find myself uh, being more present in the moment and taking note and being like, okay, this is exactly where I should be in this moment. Because obviously if you could take a deep breath like that, you're at peace. Mm -hmm. So that's a really good feeling. Um, and yeah, anytime I have a question or I'm trying to like work through something or figure something out, I just meditating helps because you, it's important to connect with your breath. Um, but I try to take a pause, ask myself, take a breath and see what comes through 
but I do think that it's a beautiful form of like intuitive guidance that Mm -hmm. can really work with more. Mm -hmm. I love that. I think I need definitely to be more mindful of doing it every day. I've been better about it. Like, like having anxiety and stuff. You, you realize like having the tightness in your chest and, um, with the shallow breathing, rapid breathing, you're like, okay, I'm very anxious right now, but if you're more practicing deep breathing and doing whatever box breathing, four, seven, eight breathing, whatever it is more often, even when you're not feeling anxious. So like it's come as a natural way to deal with it. So, cause when you're like in that, like super anxious state or whatever, it can be difficult to think of what do I do? Like, it's kind of like panic mode. So, um, but if you're already practicing that regularly, so then you're more likely to bring that up that practice when you do start to feel anxious and, um, that breathing is a natural way to lower your heart rate. Yeah. And I do think that like connecting with it first thing in the morning is what makes a difference throughout the day. Like when you take that time to really pause and before even getting out of bed, which is hard because it's easy when you're trying to like connect with your breath and your eyes are closed and you're in bed chances are you'll fall asleep, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you'll slip back into a slumber. But if you take that time to really be present and ground yourself in the moment, you're going to carry that energy with you throughout the day. And yes, there will be times where you get a little bit more anxious um, throughout the day, but it's you'll pull back and you'll be more aware. Uh, I try when I first started practicing deep breathing, um, I would just count the deep breaths I would take throughout the day. And I usually get it. It's crazy because we don't take very many. Um, I, I always tried to shoot for 10, but whenever I would go into work, I would stop breathing or like stop mindfully breathing. It's usually when we're like Mm -hmm. out in the stress and chaos of the world that we stop, that we lose that connection with our breath and things start to get a little bit more, uh, high, high energy. Mm -hmm. That's so true. Um, feeling I can definitely tell like when I feel stressed out I'm like I don't even remember the last time I I took a breath like you just feel like you're choking not choking but like suffocating I guess yeah (laughs) and like the fact that our apple watches uh I mean I don't have an apple watch but I know that apple watches tell you when to breathe and I think a lot of people even don't do that when the watch is like okay take these three seconds to breathe together Mm -hmm. because again to pause and in the middle of whatever you're doing and taking those, taking the time to breathe, it's challenging because a lot of us don't have that time to pause, but, Mm -hmm. but it's important to do, to do that. Mm -hmm. For sure. And it brings you back to the present and what's more important. Mm -hmm. What really matters. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I wanted to get into a little bit of manifestation, visualization. Mm -hmm. How do you manifest? Like, how do you incorporate manifestation practices into your like daily routine. Okay. Manifesting is something that I think makes life so much more magical. Like it's crazy. The things that have happened just from me believing that it was possible. Um, I incorporating it into my everyday, I definitely do it through journaling. Um, cause it's, it's very important. The first step with manifesting um, is to get clear, to have, get a clear idea of what it is that you want. Mm -hmm. Um, and they say, be specific as possible, but
But I also think that it's important to not get too caught up in, in it, you know, um, Mm -hmm. to let it happen as it should, but just Mm -hmm. like believing and trusting. Um, I also, you're co-creating with, you know, the higher energy, whatever you believe that to be, you're co-creating the reality with that. So you have to do your work. You have to take the inspired action. Um, and then the other, the trust comes from the universe is going to take care of what she has to do. So with inspired action. So when I get clear on what it is that I want, I ask myself, how can I show up and take inspired action every day? Like, what can I do to show the universe? I'm serious about this. This is what I want. And I'm willing to put in the work to get that. If you're willing to do, you know, your part, the universe wants to see you do the work before you can get rewarded. So that's another great thing too to journal through is like, what, how can I show up every day and like work towards this goal? Cause it's kind of like chipping away at it, you know, chipping away at this masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, that is another thing to incorporate into your manifesting practices. And then, yeah, just having the faith and fully surrendering to letting go of how you think it's, how you think it should be. And just trusting that it's going to come when the timing's right. And you believing in that way. Mm-hmm. Also, when you speak it into existence, using the right words, because the universe is also listening to what you're saying. Mm-hmm. So what do you speak, mean by that? Like, like, instead of saying, oh, I want to, I want to get a new job or I want to land my dream job. You say, I will land my dream job. Mm-hmm. Like little tweaks like that. Mm-hmm. Changing your wants from wills. That's like putting and saying it and like fully believing it too. As you if it's happening to, right now. Yes. Yes. You have to believe it. in it because that's <laughs> the energy that you're going to be radiating and the universe is going to pick up on is that like belief that you're putting out there. Mm-hmm. I love that. So taking more inspired action because we can like manifest all we want or journal all yeah. the heck we want. Yeah. And like the vision boards. Yeah. Everyone makes vision boards, but at the same time, it's like you, it's so much more than spending, like cutting out magazine clippings and hanging it up and looking at it every day. It's like, Mm -hmm. okay, what can I do to really create this reality Mm -hmm. in the day to day? Yes. I was actually, uh, listened to a recent podcast. Um, there's a neuroscientist, I forget her name off the top of my head. Um, I'll link it in the show notes below, but, um, she's an MD neuroscientist and she's super into manifestation and she comes from the neuroscience point of view. And she's a big believer in action boards is what she calls it instead of vision boards. Cause it's not just something to hang up or like, I like, I kind of was a little embarrassed by mine and like, you know, have it a little bit hidden. So like, you're not seeing it every day. You got to put it in. Oh yeah. 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 That's huge. That is so huge. And it's such a good point to bring up because if you're embarrassed and hiding it, then, you know, subconsciously you're hiding what you really want and you're not, Mm -hmm. you're not sending in that full belief of like, I deserve this and it's going to happen. And this will be my reality. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you're almost like ashamed to look at it if you are, you know, not hanging it high and proud on the fridge. (laughs) like a like a report card you know yes exactly and I love uh in the book you mentioned get into those actions those like small actions to work towards that as if it's 
Um, like you mentioned Oprah. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, with Oprah. Uh, Oprah metaphor. Like, yeah. okay. So in the book, I I talk about um, manifesting and the example that I use is brunch with Oprah. So taking inspired action, you're, if you're trying to manifest brunch with Oprah, Oprah, taking inspired action will be figuring out what restaurant you're going to go to and then calling and making the reservation for two every week and then showing up to those to those, uh, to the restaurant every week and like following through. Yeah. And then you just never know Oprah will be there one day, like, because it's going to happen and you're, you're manifesting it. You're taking that inspired action. And one day Oprah's going to show up and she's going to join you for lunch. Mm -hmm. So it's just, yeah, that's, that's one of my favorite metaphors because I love Oprah. Who wouldn't (laughs) want to love, who wouldn't want to go to brunch with Oprah? I know. Right. (laughs) Oh my God. Big believer in manifestation here, (laughs) but also doing the work for it. Not just letting yes. it come to you. Like yes. Or- and um, an example, that, another example that I want to use of inspired action is one of my best friends. Um, she lives on the big island uh, and she has manifested her dream life. Her and her husband own their own, own and operate their own um, diving business out there called Kaimana Ocean Safari. And she lives in this Balinese villa with the most beautiful view. And she, it's taken her a very long time to get, they even have their dream dog. Um, yeah, but it's taken her a very long time to get to this point. And she made so many sacrifices to get there. She quit her stable job and focused all of her time and energy and dedicated her life to diving and learning all the ins and outs. And, and she wasn't, she didn't go to school for marine biology or anything. So she already felt like she, uh, like an advantage in a way. Yeah. 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 But she dedicated the, she dedicated her life to it. And then to see the 10 years that it, it took from then to now. And of course things, the better you get at manifesting, the more rapidly it will happen. Um, so now she's like at the later years, everything that she wants to manifest happens quickly, but she still faces the rejection and she's still, um, you know, the universe tells her, no, now is not the time a lot of the times, but her life has completely transformed. She's the one that inspires me and my manifesting because I'm like, she, but she was willing to do the work and got down and gritty for it because she, you have to like dedicate your life and make the sacrifices for what you really want. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially if you're manifesting, that's the magic of it. So it's, it's beautiful to see though. I and love so that. <laughs> That's such a great story. Like you that. Need just those, you need those people in your life to like remind you that it's possible and it can happen, and and mm-hmm. to not give up. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. And even like try to keep them close in your life too, as much as possible. Like you said, she's your friend. Um, I was reaching out to Camille Costa because she's like my man- manifestation um, idol, <laughs> I guess yeah. you could say. Yeah. Yeah, you're like she's my best friend. We're best. Okay, now. we're like no. <laughs> <laughs> only in my dreams. <laughs> gonna happen. You guys are gonna go to brunch together, and Oprah's gonna show up. <laughs> I'm gonna find out where Camille likes to have brunch. I'm <laughs> <laughs> gonna go into full out stalker status. No, just kidding. <laughs> I support that. You're manifesting. <laughs> That's just inspired action. Speaking of uh, Camille, she's a big um, never not dancing is her, it's her thing. And in the book, you talk about dancing a lot. 
lets go of all that negative energy and so many health benefits, mental benefits and all. Um, so when I first read that, I started doing the naked dancing you were mentioning <laughs> like in the mirror and um, I it. it wasn't pretty, but <laughs> it doesn't have to like, be. It felt so good. Afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> but how much better does it make you feel? It felt so good. It makes you like more in tune with yourself, your body, your female, like sexuality, I guess uh, you could say. Yeah. And you're like, damn, I'm freaking, you know, you just feel like you can do anything after. I yeah. don't know what it is. It's it. definitely, I use it as a reset. I had a dance party, uh, before, before we jumped on, um, to talk, but <laughs> I use it as a reset to like, get, you know, get the good vibes flowing and and it's so, it's so much fun. It's so much fun. And I grew up a dancer. So dancing is just a big part of my life. And it's, again, it makes me happy to know I'm still doing it. And obviously not on a stage or competitively like I used to, but to know I'm still dancing every day, my younger self would be proud. And, mm. and to know, to not even realize that the benefits that it, like how good it makes me feel. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. I think it's, I think if you don't have dance parties, you're missing out and everyone should start dancing and not care about how you look yes i love that i i noticed i would do it like after working a like 12 hour shift and not going to the gym and working out i would just put on music and start just we doing weird dancing by myself in the yard it just it, it it's hard to like take the first step to get there you're like i'd rather just be a bum on the couch and yeah yeah just watch tv but if you be mindful about it and take the initiative to do it, it's so worth it after. Yeah. Because you're in, you're connected with your body and it's important to do that because I think we live so much in our heads, yes. which is another reason why people are afraid to dance. They're like too in their head to really let their body flow, but it's such a beautiful way to connect with your body and like move from that space rather than the mind. Mm -hmm. Mind body connection, baby. Mm-hmm. So many good nuggets in this episode. <laughs> oh, that makes me happy. I know I just inspired myself. So it's like, I'm maybe I am going to go back and read the book right now. <laughs> like, what else did I say? What else did I say? Even like, I think every, they should, have you ever heard of Scholastic Book Fair? When you're, yes, that, that, yes. that book should I be there, her. should be in the high school library, like just young females in general. So like anyone that's like hiding or, so having limiting beliefs or doubting themselves, anything like it's such a feel good read here. Where can we get our hands on it? Um, you can get it on Amazon, uh, online at barnesandnoble.com. I believe it's on target.com all where, um, online places where books are sold or on my website, themermaidmethod.com. You can find me on social media at Jenna Nicole. And yeah, I'm on Instagram and I'm on TikTok. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast and giving us your mermaid method knowledge. Thank Super you. insightful. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. I hope that what we talked about resonates with the mermaids all over. Woo, that's a wrap for this week's episode. It would mean the world to me if you could leave a five-star review on this podcast subscribe, and maybe send it to a friend who you might think might enjoy it. Your reviews and passing along this podcast is what keeps it running. 
you can follow along at, at islandshackpa on instagram check out the blog at islandshackpa.com thank you so much for tuning in and spending so much time with me see you next wednesday for our next dose of feel good Bye.